Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is Jim Trado from Mav TV Motorsports and Speed 51. Welcome to the show, Jim. Hey, Steve. Thanks for having me on. How are you? I appreciate you taking time out. Of course, Jim and I go way back to uh, our Milwaukee Mile days and even prior to that. And certainly appreciate you coming on the show today. And uh, I wanted to, uh, I, well, I was like having you on the show just because uh, the ARCA series has certainly been around for a, a long time. And I've, I've always enjoyed that this series and uh, the 2020 ARCA Menard series was certainly an interesting uh, year and, and a, kind of a feel-good story, too. Uh, you know, with, with the with Brett Holmes and his family run team winning the championship this year, wasn't it? It was amazing to see how they came together last year. Uh, Brett Holmes brought in a crew chief, Shane Huffman, a former driver, and he had four guys with him, and they all went to work for Brett Holmes in his shop in, in uh, Mooresville, North Carolina. And what they did is bring confidence and a winning ability to Brett Holmes Racing, which was really funded out of his dad's huge construction business. Um, they do a lot of utility work and leveling for large box stores all over the Southeast. So they have, they had the wherewithal and the ability to, uh, put the money forth to win this championship. But yeah, it was really good, really good to see how well they ran this year. Uh, they outran the competition, uh, that we're running full time. Uh, we had a Wisconsin driver, Sam Mayer, win five races this year. He just turned 17 in June. Uh, it was great to see him race as well as he did and winning the Sioux Chief showdown as well. A series within the series, he captured that victory. Uh, by winning second, running second in Memphis uh, in September. As crazy as this year was, when it came to the go racing, I think we'd race virtually every week from June through September, minus maybe one or two weekends off. Yeah, and, and you know, with the Argus Series, you know, racing where they race too, it's such a variety, even, even uh, running on the dirt uh, this year. And it, it certainly has a flexibility to it and some opportunities for like uh, Sam Mayer, young drivers, but also like Ty Gibbs too, uh, for those drivers that are a little bit too young to race full-time in the NASCAR uh, Xfinity or truck series. It certainly gives them an opportunity, does it, to race ARCA and and get some full-body stock car. uh... Oh, for sure. The latest name to come out of ARCA is Haley Deegan. She's an 18-year-old that's racing out of California, came through the off-road ranks, uh, racing in the NASCAR West Series. Ran a full season this year in the Arkham and Art Series. She's already going truck racing. So as much as we followed Natalie Decker in Wisconsin here to, to follow her through uh, to what she's doing in the truck series, Haley's going full-time next year with the same team she ran Arca with this year, DGR Crosley. And uh, that's going to be exciting to watch and see how she progresses. And she really used it as a stepping stone. In all reality, she said, I'm here to learn. I'm not here to win races. I'm not here to lead every lap. I need to learn something every time I go on the racetrack. And uh, what hampered her and many other young drivers, and I think that's why we'll see a really strong field next year, is the lack of track time. Uh, ARCA did have some practice sessions. They did have a ban on testing, which kind of cut back on some of the larger funded teams that would take young drivers to test for a full day a week or two prior 
to a race event. Um, so that changed things up. So she didn't really learn as much as she thought she could have or wished she would have this past year. But she did run all 20 races, finished third in points, and, and won the Dodger uh, Rookie of the Year Challenge. So I think looking at that, it's a great facility uh, building series. We raced at Daytona. I say we because I've been a part of the series for a while now calling them on TV for MAV TV and Fox Sports, and I was at all 20 events again this year uh, uh, in the booth for MAV TV and working in the field uh, with the pit, pit uh, reporter team uh, during the Fox portion and providing a lot of other content for the series. So it's, it means a lot when I say we and us because I feel I'm part of that series. It's a great family of, of, um, of people to be around. And to see how Ty Gibbs shine so brightly and Riley Herbst's teammate, that number 18 team, uh, they did really well. They won seven races combined. Ty Gibbs won six, and Riley beat them all at Michigan. So to see how well that team ran, they set the bar. Sam Mayer set the bar on the short tracks. So it was really cool to see how that played out for the full season and how Brett Holmes was able to win the championship over Michael South in that last race by just 12 points. Let me sneak in one more question here before we get uh, Jeff on here. Uh, you know, we, we had over, uh, over 80 drivers had the opportunity to race in the ARCA series this, this year. And, but though car counts is, is down, it's interesting because, you know, they came in with a new car that's supposed to, uh, save money, but I guess, you know, there's that initial, you know, investment that, that teams have to make. And I mean, what, what's our, what's the ARCA series trying to do to expand fields and, and kind of open it up for, for, for more teams. A lot of time, great question, a lot of time was spent when uh, ARCA was acquired by NASCAR officially. It was announced at Talladega April 2018, I believe it was. So 2019 and 2020 would have been the years to really build toward making the, what was the NASCAR Canyon Pro Series West, the NASCAR Canyon Pro Series East. They had similar rules, but not like ARCA. They had the same body, but the chassis were different. The engines were completely different, driveline different. So the series uh, spent a lot of time trying to make sure everybody could play on the same playing field. The engines were different. Uh, the RK Elmore 396 engine had 100 more horsepower, so they took that off of that engine with a, with a, uh, a, a tapered spacer to make it equal with the Canon East and West, what I call the recipe engine that Carl Wagner of Market Sandwich Thompson developed um, for the platform. That turned some guys off. That also made guys wonder, do I need to invest in what kind of engine do I need? And both engines were allowed this year. Actually, you could run the legacy engine. You could run a built motor that you might have gotten from Joe Gibbs Racing 15 years ago and raced in the Arctic Series this year. They tried to level all that out. Through that leveling and what the teams had budgeted in the West, East, and Arkham and Art Series, you didn't have 35 to 40 cars every race. You had less cars, and the teams would have to come from further away, East and West, to race with Arca. And uh, I think everybody was hoping that there would be more um, interleague play, if you will, between the, the uh, West Coast, East Coast, and what we found, you know, racing across 20 races in the Arkham and Art Series. So how are they going to build that car count? Try to establish common ground. Try to establish rules that people can buy into. Um, that recipe engine, I call it. Uh, you know, I look back to ASA. ASA was what I series I, I followed with radio and television for years. In 1992, when they made the decision, we're going with our own chassis. you got to buy this chassis. This is what you have to run. They were laughed at, scoffed. But if you wanted to play, especially on national TV on short tracks, you won ASA racing. By the year 2000, they introduced a, a fuel-injected engine. you got to run that engine and nothing else. Those bold moves were a slap in the face to some, and some left. But it also attracted more. What I fear is that there's been so much time spent on trying to make things compatible that, yes, I have a car legal to run if I live in Roseville, California, but it ran last night in Arca West. 
Um, but I may not want to go all the way to, you know, St. Louis to run a race. Uh, I may not want to go all the way to Memphis to run a race, um, which Arkham and Art Series did this year. And if they did, some of those West Coast teams ran two or three. We had uh, the Red Racing Group out of the Arkham and Art Series East do three or four races this year with their two teams. So um, they need to have more cross-pollination. But I also think it may come down to a hard decision of saying, this is the engine you have to run so they can get back to more horsepower and get the drivers life at stops and, and back in a flow of getting track time that will help them develop at this level before they move out of the three national series. The future of NASCAR is obviously healthy and uh, there's, you know, good, uh, good battles, Sam Mayer, uh, you know, all, all the ones that you mentioned. And, but my question is, does the does winning the ARCA title hold the same prestige as now that it once did? Uh, Jeff, your answer comes with a checkbook. How big is your checkbook? That will determine where you get to go uh, in every, every level. The answer is no, because if you won the ARCA championship, then you would get a chance to run uh, for a national team. You may be able to become a development driver, a test driver for what was, you know, Hendrick Motorsport said four or five drivers testing their stuff when the car of tomorrow was developed. Um, you had drivers signing exclusive contracts to do that. Uh, Landon Castle comes to mind. That could make more money on off race weekends than he did on race weekends because he was testing for these teams. And that was the ability to have some of the arcade drivers meld into it, whether it be through manufacturers or teams just saying, we need more people to do our pit stop practice. And you can do this and that. We'll give you a test here and we'll run an arcade race there with our old cup cars. That has all changed. Um, where will Brett Holmes go this year? I mean, he's pretty much self-funded, so if he goes truck racing, he'll still be self-funded. Uh, will that earn him a spot after winning the championship this year to go race for a GMS racing? No. You need to bring the checkbook. So you have to start with a, how the model is now compared to five years ago, compared to 15 years ago, compared to when Nagy Katona was winning ARCA races. The ability to win races and get opportunities like Chase Briscoe has in Cup this coming year, those are very few and far between. He's the 2016 ARCA Series champion, but his story is incredible, and it's a unique story of opportunity meets with, with talent versus what you have in the bank and how, how big a yeah. check you can write. All right. My last question for you. Uh, I know that you just worked, you know, the Winchester 400. You got the All-American 400 Snowball Derby uh, coming up. You're, you know, going to be working the uh, NASCAR championship at Phoenix. So you're all over the place. Where do where do I get a, a Jim Trito bobblehead or, you know, something? Where, where, where can I buy uh, one of those? I love being at these races, and I, I, have, no, I have no answer for you, Jeff. Uh, I did not develop a bobblehead. I'm not that kind of guy. Um, I love following racing. I love going racing. Um, these three big races upcoming, man, the Winchester 400 two weekends ago was awesome. To be in that environment, it was electric. The fans loved it. Um, we, we, I say we, Speed51.tv is a, is a streaming platform. If you haven't watched short track racing, there's pavement, there's dirt, there's all sorts of racing on there. You can subscribe to it. Sometimes, you know, like this coming weekend, we'll be at Nashville for the All-American 400 weekend. Well, there's seven divisions racing that weekend. The local divisions are crowning their champions on a Friday night. That's a free view if you subscribe to Speed51.tv. Uh, you can pay-per-view just a Saturday or Sunday. Sunday is the All-American 400. It's a 300-lap super late model race, which I think four to five Wisconsin guys will be in. And then a 100 lap pro late model race, which would be the season finale for the national weekly drivers. It's also the same dudes that run the Snowflake at Pensacola Snowball Derby. That race is in a month's time, um, the first weekend of December. Those will be carried live on Speed51.tv, so I get all jazzed up. And I like studying all sorts of things. Steve, you mentioned 80 different ARCA drivers this year competed. 
only four are competed every race. So if you follow a series of IndyCar, you know there's 22 cars in that grid. You know that there's 20 drivers in every race. Well, I love the idea that I get to follow 20 cars in a race for only four or five drivers raced every race. I get to dig deeper into what their story is, tell that story. Now I get to go to a seven division race weekend. I'm in heaven. I love the idea of the fact that I need to know who these uh, Boris Compact Touring Series guys are. They were four owners at Bristol, at Winchester, and now racing at Nashville for the first time. So I like digging into all that. To answer your question, Jeff, no bobblehead, but I really enjoy it, and I hope uh, people know that I care about what they see. And I want to be right and factual, and that's, I think, how I still have opportunities doing this from my little house in Muskego, Wisconsin, to go chase racing all over. And Phoenix, you mentioned, the NASCAR National Championship, all three national series will be decided in Phoenix for the first time, and that's my second home because I've, I've been going there since Alan Kowicki won in 1988, and I get to be back on the public address as the only PA guy there on National uh, Championship weekend. That uh, wasn't my decision. They said, we need one guy. Jim, you want the gig? I said, absolutely. So I'll be out there as the only track PA guy uh, as NASCAR crowns all through their champions in what will be Jimmy Johnson's final race. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to be part of that, too. Uh, Jim, you know, we have some extra time here because our next guest, <laughs> Steve Wittich, is in uh, St. Pete, and he's stuck in a press conference. And uh, it's interesting, uh, and maybe you can touch base on this too, Jim, because I haven't traveled as much as you have this year just because of the COVID restrictions and whatnot. But, you know, he's in a press conference, and they, they actually won't let him leave. Uh, to walk us through, uh, what are some of the things that you've encountered this year with, with the way uh, auto racing had to adapt to the situation we're in today. It's just weird not having fans around. It's weird having select crew members. ARCA only allowed four crew members over the wall, nine per car number to travel. Uh, you had re- restrictions in how you got into the garage. You had restrictions in you know wearing the mask the entire time and not being able to converse. And, and for me, I'm a storyteller. I want to know everybody's story. But it's so hard to find a way to communicate when you're not in the garage for more than an hour and a half before you really present your car for qualifying. Sometimes you present your car to qualify, uh, to line up and race without anything prior to that on track. Way different approach. So our production team uh, went into Zoom call mode. So we did a lot of Zoom calls during the week. So that's way different than walking from hauler to hauler or seeing a friend and communicating, hey, you told me this last race, what about this coming race? So we had to connect in way different ways to communicate. Um, with having some select fans at some racetracks, it was really cool. But it also felt isolated as well. Whether I be in the booth for Mav or on pit road with the Fox production team, the environment was just different. It was it was kind of um, I like the word malaise to describe what I felt. It wasn't really excitement. It was a matter of function. I got excited when the race started, but until then, it just felt like you were kind of I don't know playing pong without two paddles. The, the ball just kind of kept moving around, and you were just kind of moving with the flow of where you had to be when, and you didn't really feel like you were part of something until the race started. Good stuff as always, Jim. We certainly appreciate you taking time out uh, your busy schedule, and uh, look forward to chatting with you again. What what, what are your plans for 2020? I mean, is, is, do you have any set in stone plans yet for 2021? Or I mean, are you like kind of like all of us, just waiting to see how it goes? Uh, I usually solidify things in January, uh, which is not okay. comforting, but it's what the nature of the beast is. And I know that things change, and I, I hope to be back with our friends on Mav doing more than Arkham and Art Series racing. Well, I'd love to be back at the Chili Bowl. I've been there before. Uh, looking forward to kind of trying to beg my way into that TV crew as it's going to be live on that Saturday night in January with nothing else going on for that indoor midget race. So I'd, I'd be excited to be part of that or anything else that comes my way. To answer your question, I, don't, I hope I have everything back that I've had the last couple of years. 
uh, which would be about 31 weekends away, whether it be doing track public address at Daytona, Phoenix, Michigan, uh, Auto Club. I'm sorry. I hope, they, I hope they had Auto Club Speedway. My friend Dean Strom's got that gig, and I hope to join him there. Homestead Miami Speedway I work at. So I really want to do all that. I still want to cover all the ARCA races, and uh, I'm selfishly still looking for other opportunities. So I, I want to make sure I have fun. But uh, the gig securing starts kind of this week, and it won't last until, you know, probably go through January before I really know my full schedule, or at least have a really good idea what I'm doing next year. And Speed 51 has been great to work with as well at all these big races. I really enjoy doing that, uh, including this coming weekend in Nashville. So tune in, speed51.tv. You bet. Oz, good stuff. Jim, thank you so much. Appreciate you being on uh, on the show. Look forward to chatting with you again. Thanks, guys, for having me on. Take care. And, Jeff, good luck with your own bobblehead. Let's get you going on one before you even think about the one out there for me. Uh-huh. I'm, in, I w- I'm in. I would love it. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, guys. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.